Turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 3. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 3, we're going to be looking at verses 13 through 17. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of this translation. We're going to re- uh, this morning, I'm going to read it from the New Century uh, Version. And so Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 uh, through 17. I'm going to ask you to stand, actually. Would you stand with me this morning uh, if you are able to? Hallelujah. We want to pray and ask God to speak to us. I, I'm excited for today's message so much to, uh, to share and to be able to build into your life. And so uh, Matthew chapter 3, 13 through 17, let's pray. Father God, uh, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your people. We thank you, God, that we get to worship you. We thank you, God, that we get to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, We thank you, God, that you have given us life and that you are doing amazing things in and through us. Uh, We thank you, God, especially that you are not done with us yet. You are not done. And so, Lord, uh, continue to lead us, continue to grow us, continue uh, to help us. And, Lord, just be glorified uh, in the remainder of our service. God, in Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. amen. You may be seated. So throughout the history of the Christian faith, people have been baptized in water to show that they've accepted the message of of forgiveness and love and God's message of forgiveness and love and to declare that they have put their whole trust in Jesus Christ for their salvation. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus said that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Again, this is Christ speaking. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything. Say everything. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded commanded you. And then, of course, in the first part of Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, the apostle Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. It goes on to talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. But let's go to verse 41. In verse 41, it goes on to say that those that accepted his message, those that accepted the gospel, those that accepted what what Peter was preaching on, they, they were baptized all right so as you can see Jesus commanded water baptism and in scripture it is a very natural progression to go from salvation to water baptism and plus being baptized in water has always been what I like to say an outward sign of a transforming work that God has done something on the inside of you how many of you have has God done something on the inside of you amen We're so glad for that. It is literally, water baptism is literally a public declaration that basically says, I'm dead to my old life. I am not who I used to be. And because of Jesus Christ, I am alive in him. Amen. Listen, for those individuals who have said yes to Jesus, baptism is basically the next yes. Again, it's the, it's the next step that we take after we uh, place our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ. Now listen, I got saved in 1985, and although I attended a, a church that practiced water baptism regularly, uh, and one of the things that was, con- was conducive of that is they had a water baptism tank in, in, in the church, and so it was kind of a, a traditional church in that way, and they practiced water baptism regularly, but for some reason, uh, it was several years before 
where I personally signed up and was water baptized. In fact, I, I would say I was baptized in the Holy Spirit before I actually got water baptized. So I'm all out of order from the very beginning. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You're out of order. Maybe don't do things in, in the way that some others do. And, and I said that for some reason, I hadn't been water baptized. And, 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 and listen, because I really don't remember why it took me so long. I mean, maybe it had something to do with my religious or my, my Catholic upbringing. Possibly in that moment, I thought I had already done this as a baby or a, a child. And, and may, or maybe I was just too busy doing uh, teenage boy stuff. I don't know. But ultimately, one of my youth pastors explained the importance of water baptism in following and obeying Jesus Christ. And eventually, I took the plunge. And it was an amazing experience for me. And listen, I'll say that everybody's experience is different. Your story may be a little bit different than mine, but all the same, I want, I want you to know this morning that baptism is a defining moment in the life of every single believer because it signifies that there's been a, a change in your personal culture and it celebrates your union uh, uh, with Christ. It's the union of a sinner with their Savior. Amen? I like to say for me that water baptism sealed the deal. It gave me an opportunity to publicly declare boldly, to declare openly that, that my heart belongs to Jesus and I commit to living my life for him daily. And that's what we're going to do today. After second service, uh, we're going to go and we're going to give you the opportunity to do that. And yet, sadly, water baptism has also become the center of controversy among some Christians over the years too. And, and this dispute lies between two extremes. Either we make baptism, water baptism too important or we make it too unimportant. Either we deify it or we trivialize it. One side, say, one side says, I'm saved because I'm baptized. The other side says, I'm baptized because I'm saved. And listen, I, I'm not sure that any argumentative scholar or a prideful saint will ever fully appreciate uh, what water baptism seriously, seriously means at, it, at its core when they're caught up in their sides. See, any words about baptism, including mine this morning, are simply a weak and human effort to explain a holy and a powerful event. And listen, in our churches, debates, debates. How many of you know somebody who likes to debate? And that's, a, 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 that's a, a, a very polished way to say argue, really. They like to debate. In our churches, debates about the importance of water baptism, they have become common, and yet really serious discussion about the essence uh, and the core of baptism are actually rare. And so my opinion, arguing over whether, uh, whether or not baptism is essential to salvation, that reveals very little. Yet looking into the essence can open our eyes so that we can discover that Jesus Christ has the power to cleanse and renew a broken lives, directing them to a new purpose that is, that is definitely connected to water baptism. Listen, I truly believe that, uh, uh, I truly believe we do that. We, we see baptism in that way by placing baptism where it should be at the foot of the cross. We place baptism at the foot of the cross. This morning, you may have received a, uh, 
a cheesy fake jewel on the way in. Thank you, Pastor Ryan, for passing those out. I say cheesy jewel because it was not the picture I saw on Amazon. <laughs> Amazon, imagine that. Amazon let me down. I don't know if you've ever ordered something and it looks bigger than the world and you get it and it's like this. You, you, you look at it, you go to, go to shop and, and it's like it looks uh, multidimensional and you get it and it looks like that. Anyways, water baptism, the point of that, I, I want you to hold that if you have one. If you don't, uh, bear with me. Water baptism is like a precious jewel. It's like a precious jewel. Set apart by itself, it's nice and appealing, but it has nothing within itself to compel. Yet if you place water baptism against the, the backdrop of your sin, if you place it against the backdrop and, and, and you turn on the light of the cross, the jewel of water baptism explodes with significance. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. And so water baptism all at once, it, it reveals the beauty of the cross and the darkness of your sin. Just as a precious jewel has many facets or, or faces, that fake cheesy stone that you're holding, many faces, many cuts in it. Uh, baptism also has the different cuts. Baptism has many sides. It has the cleansing. It has the burial. It has the death of the old and the, the resurrection and the birth of the new. And again, a jewel has no light within itself. And baptism has no inherent power within itself. But a precious jewel, it actually refracts, refracts the light into a rainbow of colors. And water baptism actually reveals the many shades of God's grace. And, and so in essence, uh, if you're taking notes, this is your first point. In essence, baptism is first a symbol of reunion. Say reunion. reunion. One more time. Say reunion. Baptism is first a symbol of reunion. Listen, water baptism is important because it actually connects us as followers of Christ. And so in baptism, we are united uh, as believers with Jesus Christ. And in the water, former sinners are brought together with their Savior in a display of reunion. Say reunion one more time. Listen, to understand and to celebrate the intimate reunion that we share with Jesus at baptism, I want us to go back a couple thousand years to our text, uh, to the muddy shores of the J Jordan River. Go to Matthew chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. It's going to be up on the screens, but you can follow along in your Bibles as well. And so the Bible says, at that time, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River, and John wanted to baptize him. All right, and, and wanted John to baptize him, rather. But John tried to stop him, saying what? Why do you come to me to be baptized? I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you, verse 15. Jesus answered, let it be this way. For now, we should do all things that are God's will. And so John agreed to baptize Jesus. As soon as Jesus was baptized, we know that he, Jesus, came up out of the water, the heavens opened up, and he, John, he, the Baptist, he saw God's Spirit coming down on him, Jesus, like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, and I am very pleased in him. Listen, the, the Jordan River may not seem 
like a very likely place for a divine manifestation of Christ. After all, scenes of grandeur uh, usually call for an extraordinary setting, and yet there, there certainly wasn't anything majestic about the muddy Jordan River. I mean, it was a useful little river, but hardly a location for an awe-inspiring event brought about by the Messiah. And yet it was onto this ordinary stage that the Son of God, he stepped into the waters. He waded into the muddy current that was the lifeblood of his people, the cool water swirling around his knees and the coarse sediments uh, uh, squishing up in between his toes. See, it's easy to understand why John the Baptist was so hesitant to baptize Jesus. After all, you have to remember, John had been preaching a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. And here he was being asked by Jesus to baptize him. And Jesus was holy. Jesus was the spotless lamb of God. And so that's why in verse 14, John the Baptist was like, why do you come to me to baptize you? I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you. Listen, Jesus insisted in verse 15 saying, we must do the will of God or in the New Living Translation, it says, we must carry out all that God requires. Say all. We must carry out all that God requires. You see, Jesus, he, he descended into the water. He was actually, by descending into the water, he was actually coming down to our level. In fact, he was identifying himself with sinners, and that's real important. Again, that's a display of that reunion. You see, water baptism at that point was for the immoral. Water baptism was for the impure. Water baptism was for the liars. Water baptism was for adulterers. Water baptism was for thieves. And yet, Jesus Christ willingly plunged into that water as if saying, I'm with them. I'm with them. In his baptism, Jesus, he cast his lot with humanity. He came to the river because we are sinners. He was washed because we were not clean. He did what was right because so often you and I, we do what is so wrong. He became like us so that we could become like him. That's reunion. And when, listen, when we're baptized is as if we are joining Jesus in the water, repeating exactly what he modeled for us. In fact, early Christians often decorated their, their baptistries with scenes of Jesus' water baptism in the Jordan, depicting with paint and mosaic tile their belief that a person stepping down into the waters of baptism was actually joining Jesus there. And again, that was a symbol of that reunion that you and I get to partake of when we are water baptized. Listen, through faith and only through faith, the waters of baptism actually become a meeting place where you and I can encounter Jesus Christ for ourselves. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, the Bible even says that we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism. There's that reunion again. And listen, uh, 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 just as a wedding celebrates the fusion of two hearts, water baptism actually celebrates the joining together of sinner and Savior. 
In a wedding, I, I want to ask you this. In a wedding, do the bride and groom really understand all of the implications of marriage? If you're married here today, you might be able to answer that from your own experience. Did you know on day one all that marriage would entail? Oh, come on. You didn't know everything? You didn't know all the challenges? You didn't Listen, marriage is not easy. I should hear an amen. Marriage is not easy. Do those that are getting married, do they know every single challenge and threat that their marriage will face? No, but they love each other. They love each other deeply, and they vow to be faithful to the very end. And listen, when a, when a willing believer actually enters into the waters of baptism, uh, does he or she know the implications of that act? And I will say that not always. Does he or she know every challenge or, or temptation that, you, that they will face as believers? When, no, when you got saved, did you know everything you would face? Or maybe you were like me, somebody lied to me. They said, when you get saved, everything's going to be awesome. How many of you know I have awesome days, but everything is not always awesome? And so we do face challenges. We do face some things. And listen, in that, in that act, those that are getting baptized, they know the love of God and that they are responding to him by obedience through water baptism. Again, first and for, for, foremost, water baptism is a symbol of reunion, being us being joined together with Christ. And, and now listen, we're, this is where that a cheesy fake jewel, that precious jewel comes into play. And so listen, when the light hits it from a different angle, that water baptism also becomes a, a symbol of repentance. So it's a symbol of reunion. It's a symbol of repentance. Remember in Luke chapter 3 and verse 3, the Bible says that John the Baptist went into all the country around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Again, Peter repeated a similar sentiment on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2 and 38, saying, repent and be what? Baptized. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And so John's baptism and early Christian baptisms were symbolic signs of repentance, and they still are today. See, repentance isn't just some made-up uh, religious word to make you feel guilty. It's not made up. It actually comes, that word repentance, it actually comes from a culture where people were essentially nomadic and, and they lived in a world with no maps or street signs where it was easy to get lost just walking through the desert. And listen, some of you are old enough, you remember when GPS wasn't around, you didn't have all these electric devices. Uh, the, uh, not too long ago, I remember sharing with my boys, there was a day we had paper maps and, and you know, I could see the look and I, I, you know, I, I think one of them wanted to say like a pirate you had like a map like a like a pirate oh you know and so there was a time when we didn't have devices and and it was maybe easy to get lost that line goes from point a to point b i just thought it was the way that i'm going and here i am lost listen at some point those people Back in the day, they became aware that the countryside was very strange and maybe they were not going exactly where they should be. And, and so they finally said to themselves, I'm going the wrong direction. And so they would actually stop, turn, and go a new way. Stop, turn, and go a new way. That's repentance. 
That word repentance, it, it literally means to turn. In Ezekiel 14 and verse 6, the prophet Ezekiel explained what God wants his people to turn away from. He said, repent and turn away from your idols and stop all your detestable sins. Isaiah 45 and 22, the prophet Isaiah revealed what God wants us to turn toward. He said, turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. And so you're turning away from your idols and you're turning away from your sin and you're turning towards the one and only true God. I don't care what anybody says out there. There is only one God. There is only one creator. There is only one savior and he wants us to serve him. See, all through the Bible, God pleads with his people to turn away from their sins. He wants us to turn away from our sins and our failures and our mistakes and turn toward him, trusting in God alone. And that is repentance. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You remember a day in your life when you were not serving God and you were headed in a bad direction. You were headed in a direction filled with hurt and brokenness and a sense of not belonging anywhere. And someday in your experience, at some point, Somebody shared Jesus. Somebody shared the hope of the gospel. And you said, today, I'm going to stop, turn, and repent. Listen, water baptism, it marks the turning point for those who choose to turn away from their sin and turn toward God. It's really water baptism is like a stake in the ground that marks the turning point of your life. Listen, there was one time a, a young girl named Erin who was usually, say usually, she was usually the model of good behavior in church. And she, on, on this one day, she was extra wiggly and, and noisy one Sunday morning. I can relate because I, I used to be wiggly and I used to get my bottom uh, 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 encouraged um, to behave in church. And so some of you have kids. You, you have said, I can't take you anywhere. Just extra wiggly and noisy. But this one thing I'll say, I love, I love wiggly and noisy kids in church. I'd rather have them in church than anywhere else. Amen? But this morning, young Aaron, she was extra wiggly. And so after distracting every single person around her for some time and ignoring her father's warnings to be still, her dad finally scooped her up and began to, to walk her to the rear of the church for an attitude adjustment. But just before they got to the back door, Aaron screamed for all the church to hear, I repent, I repent, I repent. Water baptism is our way of shouting to the church and all the world. I repent. I repent. Baptism, it's a symbol of reunion. It's a symbol of, of repentance. And, but I, I refract the light of the cross through that precious jewel one more time. Uh, from yet another angle in water baptism, it becomes a symbol of resurrection. Resurrection. Listen, the Jewish people, they saw baptism as a method of maintaining ritual purification for priests. They saw baptism sometimes as a rite of passage 
for new converts. And we already said that John the Baptist, he preached water baptism with a central focus on repentance. But Jesus, he was about to change everything. He was about to add a whole new dimension to what they thought they had known, a, a new dimension to baptism as it came to be a living picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah. See, in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, the Bible says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were actually baptized into his death? When we were baptized into his death, we were placed into the tomb with him. As Christ was brought back from, the de from death to life, by the glorious power of the Father, so we too should live a new kind of life. That's resurrection life that you and I get to partake of. Again, it's that symbol right there. And so basically, just as the waters of baptism, it provided a way for Jesus to identify with us, they also create a way for all of us to identify with him in resurrection or new life. How many of you have new life in Jesus? this morning hallelujah that's resurrection life in fact the waters of baptism they paint a vivid picture of a christian uh, of the christian faith that 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 to plunge beneath the water is like a death and the moment that when the water sweeps over your head it's like a burial and then rising up out of the water into the air and daylight is a symbol of your resurrection and yet this powerful symbol of death burial and resurrection Sometimes it poses a significant challenge to those who were sprinkled as babies rather than immersed as believers. See, while it's great to dedicate a child, right? It's great to dedicate a child. The faith in God expressed through water baptism, it is a very important decision that every single person needs to make for his or herself with a good understanding about what it actually means. Remember, Water baptism does not save you. It does not save you. And so if you've been water baptized as an infant, infant listen, you can be grateful that, that you had parents who, who cared enough for, about you to set you apart for God. But this morning, the challenge is do, do not neglect the opportunity that you have right now to complete maybe the prayer that your parents had for you by deciding for yourself that you want to serve Jesus Christ and you want to obey him by following his example and being water baptized as a reasoning and thinking adult. See, the symbolism of immersion is interesting. Just as a person lowers you into the water, Christ actually lowers you into the pool of his grace until every single inch of you is covered head to toe with the love of God. In Colossians 2 and verse 12, the Bible says, this happens when you were placed in the tomb with Christ through baptism. In baptism, you were also brought back to life with Christ through faith in the power of God. Listen, it takes power to perform a resurrection. That power applies to your life in that when you are going through water baptism, I have seen people baptized in the Holy Spirit as they are coming up out of the waters. I have seen people go down one way with an expression in, on their face in one way. And when they have come up, they have come up into new life, realizing I'm resurrected. My old life is behind me. 
I'm living anew for Jesus Christ. Listen, that's a reminder when, it really is a reminder that when you live life without Christ in your heart, I've said this before, it's kind of creepy sounding, but, but take it for what it is. When you live life without Christ in your heart, it's almost like you're the living dead. See, you, without Christ in your heart, your human spirit lies dormant, missing the life that only Christ can supply for you. But trusting Jesus as your Savior and following Him into the waters of baptism, that symbolizes your resurrection from the dead. Again, this is a vital distinction because water baptism, apart from personal faith, is absolutely nothing. But baptism as an act of faith is overflowing with meaning and significance. In fact, I like to say this. If you get water baptized and you're not born again, if you get water baptized and you're not living for Christ, then all you get is wet. If Jesus is your Savior, Jesus is calling. If Jesus is your Savior, not only does water baptism signify our reunion with Jesus, our repentance from sin, our resurrection with Christ, but it's also a symbol of your rebirth. Say rebirth. The Bible says in Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, But when the kindness and love of, our God's, of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. How many of you know it's the Holy Spirit that draws you to salvation? It's the Holy Spirit that brings you to life. Listen, and listen, the washing of rebirth, it doesn't refer to water baptism itself. It refers to the work of the Holy Spirit. It is He who regenerates and renews our spirits. And yet, the invisible work of the Holy Spirit is visibly dramatized in the waters of baptism. And so baptism, it symbolizes our birth, our spiritual birth into God's family. It's literally a picture of your rebirth. I want you to maybe recall in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 6 through 8, during his conversation with Nicodemus, Jesus said, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to, your, to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is invisible. When a person is born again of the Spirit, you can't see it. You can't hear it. But listen, water baptism is the visible reflection of your invisible birth, rebirth. See, most people at one time or another wish that they could start life all over again. Anybody ever wish you had a, a do-over? Most people, they wish they could start life all over again, but after some second thoughts, usually it brings us to the conclusion that another trip through life would involve just as many opportunities for mistakes a second time around. And so when, when Jesus said, you must be born again, Nicodemus, all he could see was complications. All he could see was impossibilities. But Jesus would later say in Mark chapter 10, verse 27, that with man... This is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Listen, the only way a person can really start life over is by being born from above. Amen? 
being born again, by receiving God's life-giving Holy Spirit, that's a supernatural rebirth. And so starting over may be a physical impossibility. Thanks to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, it's a spiritual reality. Water baptism, it represents a fresh start, a new birth, again, a rebirth. Worship team, come on up. Listen, if, if all of this is true, if all of this is true, and if baptism is so meaningful and so intimately connected with reunion and, and water baptism is connected with repentance and resurrection and rebirth, it, it actually raises an important question. Pastor Freddie, what, what about those who are born again? They've given their hearts to Jesus and yet they have not been water baptized or even refuse to be baptized. Listen, when it comes to that kind of, kind of a question, I, I tend to side with Augustine who said, it's not the absence of baptism, but the rejection of it that condemns. In other words, bottom line, why isn't the person baptized? Why haven't they followed Jesus into the waters of baptism? Listen, weirdly enough, some people actually reject water baptism. They just don't want to do it. And that, listen, that kind of resistance, as far as I'm concerned, it spells trouble for your soul. It may even reveal a deeper problem of your heart. Let's see, if we aren't, we aren't willing to join Jesus in baptism, how can we join him in anything else? Remember, Jesus commanded water baptism. It wasn't a suggestion. If we reject his commands, I'm not sure that we can really call him Lord. And if we can't call him Lord, then can we call him Savior? On the other hand, some people have never been baptized because they were never taught. Or maybe they passed away before they were baptized. And so what happens then? I don't know about you, but I, 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 my God is a God of mercy and grace and kindness. And I don't believe he would condemn a soul on a technicality. Remember, God knows the beginning from the end. How many of you know that God is sovereign? He knew you and chose you a long time ago, long before you knew and chose him. And so think of it this way. When does life begin? When does life begin? Does it begin at birth? No. See, the Bible teaches that life begins at conception. And so if a mother loses her baby before giving birth, is that baby any less her child? Of course not. The same can be said spiritually. If baptism represents new birth, then we have to concede that life began when the seeds of faith were planted by the Holy Spirit in your heart. Therefore, I believe you belong to God from the moment faith is conceived in your heart. But keep in mind, you can't live in the womb forever. Water baptism is an essential threshold that every follower of Christ must cross in order to experience the fullness of life and the inheritance that God promises to his children. I said earlier, water baptism doesn't save. It does not. It does not. Only faith in Christ saves. But if you're not water baptized, I'll challenge you. I'll say this. You're missing out on something. You're missing out on something vital. Listen, you know, Water baptism isn't to be taken lightly. It's a willing plunge into the promise and the power of Christ.
Remember, Jesus commanded water baptism. If you said yes to Jesus, then baptism is the next yes. It symbolizes a reunion with him, repentance of sin, resurrection with Christ, and our rebirth into the family of God. If you haven't already been baptized, or if you were baptized as a child, don't put it off any longer. Listen, you can take the plunge today. Today can be your day. Say yes to Jesus and be water baptized to declare to the world that God is doing something on the inside. Again, I like the phrase, water baptism is like you shouting to all the world in the church, I repent, I repent. I'm a new person, a child of God. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah, thank you Jesus for the opportunity to understand water baptism a little bit more. Lord, I've had people ask at times that if there's a certain time, if, they're, if they need to wait five years, ten years, or that they, maybe they don't have their life all together and it's not all perfect, and, and maybe in the season that they're going through, it's, it's a rough season, but they know Jesus. And I say the, that's the only requirement. If you know Jesus, that's the only requirement to be water baptized. And so Come. Follow Jesus into the waters of baptism is what I'll say. Lord, I pray that you would help us to do the same, that we would obey you in every way, that we would not prevent anything from keeping us from the blessing you have for us in water baptism or in obedience as, as a general rule. Father, have your way in our lives. Have your way in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus, for today. Have your way in our lives. God, in Jesus' name, God's people said... Amen. Let's close in worship.